Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 85 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports entertainment and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow everything Built-In Buffalo family has given you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you can find Built-In Buffalo, you can find Witty Not Funny Sports. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony what is going on? Somebody call 312-8908. What's up, Witty Nation? Oh, what's up, man? What's up, Witty Nation? Great to be here. Great to chat with you gentlemen tonight. It's very Ladies. different from Whoever's the listening. Irish Irish ballad that you gave us last week. Well, you know, I have a diverse musical library in my mind, I guess. I'm pretty eclectic yeah. in the way I got going eclectic. on musically. It's very eclectic. Mm-hmm. It's a point uh, of pride. It's a point of pride is right. Tony, before we get into Bill's news, because there's quite a bit of Bill's news, free agency continued this week for Brandon Bean and company. We have some old faces returning, getting the gang back together. We have a couple new faces filling vital roles. We have Bean talking about Von Miller. The Von Miller party continues. But before we get into that, do we have to talk about the Sabres? Like the Sabres are good again. They're seven and three in their last 10. They're having (laughs) a moment is right. Seven and three in their last 10 and i think for the first time in what 10 12 years they look like they're having fun and we're having fun with them we don't talk about the sabers a lot of this podcast unless something major happens i feel like this is the start of something major happening with this team i think it's interesting the way that you put it when you say the start of something major to me it's very reminiscent like i'm just waiting to hear members of the old guard saying things like they did in oh three to oh five ish when they were just saying it's like it's just kids playing hockey like they're having such a good time and then that spurred on you know a whole era as they got older and we grew up with them so i think that you're thinking this is finally seems like it could be this the start of a new era and i'm having a great time with it they do seem like a really fun group at the heritage classic mm-hmm. the outdoor game against the maple Leafs. they arrive to the game all in their jackie moon garb all wearing semi-pro flint tropics jerseys and i don't think you get that from i guess i'd call it the jack eichel era teams but jack was a bigger problem than i'm guessing mm-hmm. any of us could have imagined at this point just like that's, a, just that's a, kind of just on the, kind of on the ice it, and off the ice yeah That's kind of what it seems like. And it's interesting now how it's kind of like getting brought together under that narrative. You know, I'm certainly appreciating everyone who has the feel good take of we're seven and three in our last 10 and Vegas is three and seven in their last 10. 
And clearly that's Jack Eichel. And of course, the Jack Eichel video clip, that gif that's going around everywhere um, of him in the interview. It's kind of interesting to me because many times that we see or refer to Jack Eichel as sort of the chosen one or the prophet that we were waiting for. And in many ways, this could be, I hope, him fulfilling his destiny as the chosen one, but in like a Darth Vader way. He, he does bring the balance back to the force. Just not in the way that you intended. Just not in the way right. that you thought as bringing it to the to the light side of things. Right. But he ends in up in the way doing James Earl by, Jones attended. Yes, exactly. He ends <laughs> up doing it by turning his back within within the dark side, and that's kind of what Jack is doing. He's creating himself to be the enemy to bring order back to the force. That's exactly the narrative I thought when we played the the Vegas Golden Knights and Jack's big return to Buffalo. That post game mm-hmm. pre- press conference from Jack after. The Sabres beat the Knights. Oh, stuff of it was a little petty <laughs> talking about how this is the first time he's heard the fans cheer in what seven years or whatever. Mm-hmm. He guess he just had to leave for them to start cheering. <laughs> Man, yeah, maybe he's exactly how, right. How old is that kid? <laughs> like 12 or <laughs> 26 or whatever he is. Yeah, he, he is painting himself to be the villain, and maybe that's just what this organization needed. A bunch of good guys now that needed a villain to really get in the good graces of this city. Now, what I'm surprised you didn't bring up was Peyton Krebs announcing the starters. Did you see this? Do you not know what I'm talking this. about? No. Did you see this? Oh, Did you hear I'll about it? No, the... I haven't, I haven't yeah. seen this or heard about oh, this. I'll, I'll send you the video. It's Peyton Krebs in the locker room, and everyone's like kind of clapping in unison and a syncopated rhythm, and he's announcing and hyping up like, we got Tuck at left wing. Who we got? <laughs> we got Tejas at... Like he's doing it in this weird... Uh, in this. Yeah. It's not weird. It's just an excitable kind of introducing of people. Monster truck rally kind of. Kind of, yeah, like a game show. Sunday, Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. That sounds fun. Check out the video to you, Matt. And listeners, if you haven't seen it, check out the old video as well. We will check that out together. That sounds fun. Again, just they seem to be having fun. Alex Tuck. Fun is the word. Comes comes over from Vegas. Love him. He's a future captain, obviously. Like He's almost a point-per-game guy during his time at the Sabres here. You have a great prospect pool. I mean, again, we don't talk about this team unless something major happens, and it feels like the start of something good, finally, for this organization. Mm-hmm. I, I look back at those Breer Drury years. I was in college. That series against Ottawa, when we went to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost to the Hurricanes because we were down to our 10th defenseman or whatever. I was literally running up and down the halls of park hall at ohio state university and nobody knew what the heck was going on because i was the only buffalo Sabres fan in the dorm but it feels like that we're getting to those times again or we could be getting to those times again and those were some of the best time those parties in the plaza were amazing drury scoring with like two seconds left in the playoffs if we could get back to those for the first time ever knock on wood because it's never happened before have two good major league organizations sports organizations in this city at once Everything's well, it's not going crazy because you know that's not allowed. It's not allowed, right? Everyone knows uh, that's not allowed. I know. I but know. it U- would be universal not let us have, have that. <laughs> right. It would be a heck of a lot of fun. And I hope it will be a heck of a lot of fun. Really, I just want the new generation of Sabres fans to like understand, hey, this was a team that was very important to us for a long time. 
Right. Don't mess it up. You know. Good point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't mess this up. And if Alex Tuck and Josh Allen become best friends in the process, wow. Yeah. And of course, not best friends, Captain but worst enemies. When Josh, yeah, exactly. The Captain video Captain when Kyle. Josh Allen decided that he hated Jack Eichel. As we're well aware of now, Josh has very good intuition. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe Josh should be spend a little time in the Savers front office. He was spot on. Tony, the Sabres mm-hmm. are hot. Before we get into the Bills, let's bring back our Hansel Award. Hansel, so hot right now. Hansel. Hansel Award, of course, we give out to what is hot in the sports world because as every fan of Zoolander knows, as you and I know, Hansel, just so hot right now. Always just so He's hot. so hot right now. So hot. <laughs> Tony, would you like to do the honors? Who are you giving your Hansel Award to? I'm giving my Hansel Award to something that maybe has creeped its way out of the Ecto-1 or out of the box. This is something that I have to give my award to because it is rising and hitting its moment. And that is something maybe many of us didn't even know existed until PG, this week. Tony, it's a PG show. <laughs> It's the insurance curse. Oh, like dun, it. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The insurance, the insurance curse. If you are a representative or a spokesman or an endorser of an insurance company, you have a curse on you. You got screwed this week. That's the right. insurance curse is rising. Of course, we have Aaron Rodgers losing Devontae Adams. Of course, we have Baker Mayfield losing his job. Swing it back to State Farm. And you got Patrick Mahomes losing Tyreek Hill. Loss or damage, not covered by these insurance companies. The Geico <laughs> Geckos, days are numbered. If you, if he's you an endangered species company, now. <laughs> he's an endangered species now, exactly. If you are endorsing an insurance company, watch out. Watch your back. Don't leave the house. What about that all-state guy with the deep foot. voice? We got to watch out for him. He might be sounding like he's a chipmunk pretty soon. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's about to always get gets into accidents. He's about he to get in... some swollen lymph nodes like, like you've never seen. Who's the guy who uh, always gets in accidents? Like the guy, he's riding oh, the Peloton. He's, is that his name? Mayhem? Mayhem. Yeah, his name is Mayhem. He's on the Peloton. He flips through the glass door. Of course. What insurance does he represent? Does he represent insurance? I believe it is insurance. His name is Dean Winters. Or All, Dean I know is he played Tina Winters. All I know is he played Tina Fey's boyfriend at 30 Rock. Yes. Well, I always remember him as, I believe it's the Vulture, might be the Falcon, from Brooklyn oh, Nine-Nine. Oh, the Vulture. Yeah, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well. That's mm-hmm. right. He would come in and steal Andy Samberg's cases. Well, I have something that's going to blow your mind over here. So his Wikipedia starts off with, he is best known for his role on the HBO prison drama Oz, the character Ryan O'Reilly. Speaking of the Sabres. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of wow. people who are going to the dark side and restoring balance. Mayhem. <laughs> this is mayhem. mayhem. The insurance curse. Mayhem slash Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> All we have to hope for now is Josh Allen does not get endorsed by an insurance company. Absolutely. If the, That's if the general is out there looking for a spokesperson, do not contact Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, man. Shaq is screwed. Pray for Shaq. That's right. Hashtag pray, pray for Shaq. Absolutely. I mean, Hashtag Shaq, pray for Shaq. You, really need to, you really need to pray for Shaq. He's got the general. He's got Papa John's, which isn't the greatest brand to be associated with as well. True. True. Shaq's not putting his eggs in the right basket. 
uh tony that's a great one the insurance curse love it baker what a mess in cleveland signing oh Deshaun watson or trading for deshaun watson ruining the relationship with baker mayfield not doing any due diligence on deshaun watson as well i should mention but <laughs> based on those progressive commercials baker lives in the stadium it's going to be tough to move out we talked about how tough it is to move out for jd mckissick last week can you imagine moving out of a whole mm-hmm. stadium very difficult mm. baker his wife lives there in, the, in this gonna, housing I market mean, no way <laughs> i mean what's the biggest problem with moving it's stairs all those <laughs> right. stairs all those what stairs. if it's what about the 300 level situation yikes rough week for patrick mahomes as well you mentioned losing tyree kill also got married whoa speaking oh, of we're Eddie. going there tony okay we're jack <laughs> <laughs> the insurance cards love it uh tony my hansel award i'm giving it to announcers i think announcers mm. are what's hot in the sports world we have march madness nothing beats a good march madness buzzer beater call <laughs> but what i found fascinating with march madness is andrew catalan during the first round announced a cheerleader getting the ball unstuck from a hoop and he did it as if he was announcing like a giant moment in a sporting event like a team winning the super bowl or he announced a cheerleader like this is her one shiny moment he really poured it on and it reminded me of i love it when announcers announce things that aren't involved in the game as if they're involved in the game so for example we had the cheerleader for indiana kevin harlan last year for the super bowl announcing the streaker on the field i think during a radio broadcast (laughs) he's like he's pulling down his pants and he's getting tackled by the security someone has run on the field some guy with a brawl and now he's not being chased he's running down the middle of the 40 arms in the air and a victory salute he's pulling down his pants put up your pants my man pull up those pants he's being chased to the 30 he breaks a tackle from a security guard the 20 down the middle the 10 the five he slides at the one and they converge on him at the goal line pull up your pants take off the bra and be a man and the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying why oh why is this taking place in a super bowl and kevin if you're gonna run that far get into the end zone don't slide at the one you gotta score once you got on the field get into the end zone my man lord now they're cuffing him but pull up his drawers, whatever you do. He's announcing it as if he's announcing the game. That is, I think that's hilarious. I think announcers should do that more. I think they should announce things that aren't happening privy to the game and are happening Why outside even... as, if, as if they're big events. Why even did stop? drop a Doug Whaley privy. There you go. Why even stop at the game? Why not just announce it things at Wegmans? Why not just announce things in the car? Narrate your whole life and let us enjoy it. Right. A whole Twitch stream about narrating your life. Why not announce like the, the food and beverage assortment for the press box? That would be great. We have oh, a great sure. sandwich today. Like That would be hilarious. <laughs> Nothing is better than announcers. I also like when announcers take a step to the side, bring in somebody off the cup. During the Olympics, we had Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. Snoop Dogg's also announced LA Kings hockey games. Uh, Will Ferrell's been part of hockey games. I know like whenever they bring in an outside source, like regular sporting events, bring in an outside source, it's gold every time. You can't get better than Snoop Dogg or Will Ferrell or whoever being in the announce booth. Eminem, when he was in an announce booth with Brent Musburger, (laughs) I think it was way back when for a college football game, it was five minutes of awkwardness. And that's gold for content announcers are having a week tony we have 
Aikman and Buck moving from Fox to Monday Night Football. We have Tariko replacing Al Michaels. I think announcers are what's hot this week. Great pick. And as you were talking, it was reminding me, as many of our listeners will remember, last night's Sabres game featured a lot of Will Arnett in the booth. That's right. You know, TNT. To inter- interviewing Patrick Kane, Buffalo's own. Yikes. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so... <laughs> And uh, subject. Uh, I, I did severely shout out, that. shout and out then, cab yeah, drivers out subject. there everywhere. <laughs> shout out cab drivers. We were there that night. Were you there that night? I was not there. Tell us. You were not there that night. We were there that night. You were there. The Are you night sure you Patrick weren't there Kane. that night? You were. I was not. You made I a mistake. Yes, he punched we, the we cab driver. It. Yes, we. Oh, that's what we were talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not talking about punching a cab driver. No, I'm talking about the sexual assault. Oh, no, I was not there. You were there. Yeah, I was I was there that night. Were you we called to the courtroom as a witness? <laughs> no, I was I was not subpoenaed. I did have to fill out an affidavit to say that I was there, but we were too scared to talk to Patrick Kane because all that happened was we walked by. My friend said to me, "Oh my God, it's Patrick Kane!" And then we scurried over into the corner. Rightfully so. Good call. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, you can't get too uh, close to that sun. No, <laughs> you'll you'll burn your wings of pastrami on that. That's right. That's right, <laughs> Tony. That's what is hot, listeners. We'll put it on Twitter. Give us your Hansel or who you think is hot in the sports world this week. But Tony, we got a lot of bills to get into. Are you ready to talk some Buffalo Bills? I've been ready since last recording. Let's dance. Since 15 minutes ago when we started. <laughs> Listeners, we will be back after the break. Take it away, Marv. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back tony we got a lot of bills news to get into and we're gonna start this week where we started last week and that's the continuing ryan bates drama tony i don't know if i can muster the strength to discuss it because it has escalated since last week and it has escalated in a big way i would say i would say our cavalier happy-go-lucky attitude is downright inappropriate for the tone of the times in this nation right now we need over uh, this ryan over the ryan Bates situation exactly we are not happy go lucky in this moment we need a a dire a morose whatever however you want to describe our saddened state right now we talked to last week how this he was is visiting like- the vikings he also visited the bears and the patriots and now it's a reality tony that we could lose him because he has an offer from the Bears, and we have five days to match it. The countdown is on. Man, this is like how I have to imagine America was when Abraham Lincoln was shot and brought clinging to life across the street in his house. And everyone in America is just waiting, wondering, saddened, concerned, worried, all those emotions going through. It's basically also like, what if JFK didn't die instantly? And we had to wait to see what was happening. That's basically the level that we're at here. In this Um, metaphor, are we Abraham Lincoln? Are we the ones almost dying? Shouldn't you be wearing the bucket? <laughs> this is no. It is I, a very, metaphor, it is a very comparable in this metaphor. metaphor yeah, in this metaphor, we are America, okay. and the Good. president is, is I Bates. guess, Ryan Bates. But because he's if he president. leaves, he will, he will be dead to me. But yeah, he is our president in many the ways. The Bears right. are John Wilkes Booth. One Bills Drive is Ford's yeah, Theater. That's a good one. It's all matching up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Soldier Field is Ford's Theater. I don't, it's not called Soldier Field anymore, but that's, yeah, that's Ford's Theater. Tony, Remember when they played of, in Champagne? Oh, yeah. Champagne Urbana. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wild. Tony, pass. on a scale of one to five, five being the most worried, where are you at with the Ryan Bates situation right now? 
We don't have the numbers, right? 2.2? You're not that worried? Because I've already accepted the worst. Wow. Oh, my God. It's already, I've I've already just like, well, it's over. You're already at the acceptance this stage. Is, yes. I mean, I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm still more in the denial. Okay, no, I, yes. would say I'm, I would say I'm a bargaining because now my focus has shifted to what's the game plan? What are we going to do? Because there's no way in hell Cody Ford can can just go out there and take care of business. That's not going to happen. I, so no, I don't care if there's a new so line. Now what's the game Romer, Cody Ford is this might be a freezing cold take eight months from now, and I hope I'm right that it is. But I do not think Cody Ford is fixable, despite the new offensive line coach, yeah. maybe a new offensive scheme, new offensive coordinator. Cody Ford just doesn't have it. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Cody Ford is not a beach chair. Aaron Cromer is not saving this. Oh boy. You really topped the Lincoln metaphor with the beach chair. All right. <laughs> I I don't know what it is with this organization and not valuing Ryan Bates correctly. For the longest time they did not give him a chance despite poor offensive line play from those ahead of him, a la Cody Ford whoever else we mentioned, guys that not, are not on the team anymore, Feliciano-esque players, they finally give him a shot and the team excels and the offense looks fantastic. And he's versatile. He can play every line, every position on the offensive line. Do they value him? Like, I'm starting to question if they value him, Tony. They didn't tender him like with a second round grade, which would have avoided all of this because nobody's wasting a second round pick for Ryan Bates. And, the, and being really gambled with this one, thinking Bates wasn't valued throughout the league. But if you watch the Bills' last seven games, I can tell you you were wrong, Brandon Bean. He's, people see the tape and they value a guy who can play five different different positions on the offensive line now we might lose him especially with signing Saffold which I like but on a one-year deal and the depth behind those offensive guards currently say even we keep Ryan Bates the depth behind the center currently there's nothing there the offensive line depth is a little lacking and Ryan Bates fills every need so i don't know how i don't have the numbers i don't think the numbers are out in terms of what the bears offered him but it sounds like it's going to be rumors are that it's pretty front loaded which is going to put bean in a pickle here handcuff him a little because the bills are very thin (laughs) in terms of money available uh they're right at the cap so long story short i'm extremely worried we're going to lose a player who seems to have been undervalued since they traded for him from the eagles and once he gets a shot excels what message does this send for the other players you get your shot you excel and we're not gonna we're gonna let you test the market and we're not gonna extend you and all this stuff i i just don't i'm scared on all levels to me i think the message is more positive i think the message is come to the bills and become the best version of yourself and then you'll go get your payday if you want it but you're probably not going to want it because you probably want to stay here right i mean um, just hoping ryan bates i mean they have to match it now or they lose him like it's not just whether he wants to stay here or not he's not unrestricted right so i mean really i would say that we're screwed and that's short it. simple not <laughs> we sweet. can't afford yeah we don't we don't have the draft we can't add another severe need to the draft we can't afford anything else maybe Figuring out a way to get Bucker back? I don't know. It's he's not it's, uh, Bates, it's, it's it's no, he's not. It's not a very timely situation. We're in a pickle, as you said. <laughs> We're in a pickle. What are some things that are more painful than losing Ryan Bates? Stepping on a Lego, pretty painful. 
Oh, it's way, paper this cut. Is way worse than that. That's uh, finding, bad, out your, finding out I'll your Beanie Baby collection is worthless after <laughs> keeping them all these years. I mean, that's pretty painful. I'd carry all my bean. I'd carry all my Beanie Babies through a field of Legos in my bare feet if it meant Ryan Bates was staying. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I, I I think many would share in that sentiment, Tony. Yeah. So we are officially in panic mode. Defcon Five. Whatever. However code orange like whatever the the level of panic is we are at the highest level of panic for our sweet prince brian bates but five days the countdown is on brandon bean make it happen doesn't matter the price the salary cap is this fictitious thing every team operates over it just whatever keep a good player who's versatile and can play every offensive position i mean they gave him a nickname they gave him rick bates you can't lose it mm-hmm. you give a nickname too like that that's a very good point. Very good point. He's ingrained in the culture now with a name like Rick mm-hmm. Bates. That's not his name. His name's Ryan, but you nicknamed him Rick. That means he's part of the family. He's part of Josh Allen's inner circle. You can't lose him. Can't lose him. Ah, uh, Tony. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about moving on here. The release of Starla Tule. We kind of called it. I mean, it came after a day after we recorded now with the signings of Daquan Jones and Tim Settle uh, in this revamped defensive line, the writing seemed to be on the wall for Starla Tule, and they made it happen again, like Cole Beasley, a little quicker than I thought, but the, they made the move. They saved 1.5 million in the cap, taking out all the dead cap money this year. So there's none next year, but I mean, this was inevitable star his whole tenure. I feel like with the bills, pretty disappointing overall i i had high expectations when he came from carolina uh that he would be a really good one technique especially after he drafted ed oliver star would allow ed oliver to flourish and we just learned that ed oliver would flourish on his own despite who was next to him whether it was star latule harrison phillips vernon butler etc of course we had he opted out the covid year it just seemed like like Brandon Bean discussed with Cole Beasley during his press conference discussing free agency this past week, Brandon Bean viewed Cole Beasley and Starla Tule as it seemed like as two guys that just once the pandemic hit, just didn't seem like themselves, like never got back to where they thought the organization uh, wanted them to be. So I'm not upset by Starla Tule being released. I think their goal this offseason, Brandon Bean's goal in the front office's goal was to revamp this offensive line. And this is just a piece of that puzzle. Defensive, defensive line. line. Right. Not offensive line. I mean, I would say so, but for someone who would was supposed to fill a role as like such an anchor in that go-to one tech that was going to sort of open up a world of possibilities and a labyrinth of ways to get to the quarterback. And then that kind of never happened. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to retool a defensive line, it's got to start there. That's getting rid of the, the core, the crux of it. That's taking care of business right from the source. So yeah, you got to do it. And I appreciate their boldness in doing it. And I don't feel like we're any worse for the wear afterwards. So another bean triumph in my mind. <laughs> he came from Carolina with a heavy price tag, five years, $50 million. Like I said, never lived up to that. This season, after opting out last season due to COVID, he played in roughly 50% of snaps. Then he lost his starting job to Harrison Phillips, who really emerged last season and came into his own. And star snap count went down to like below 30%. So I'm, I'm not paying a guy all that money to play 30% of snaps. In his three seasons with the Bills, 
He managed eight tackles for losses and five sacks in that three-year span. So just the production was never there. The expectations were never met for Star. And I'm, a, I'm a actually a little nervous because we dipped our toes once in the one technique Carolina Panthers pool with Star. And now Daquan Jones, same situation, mm-hmm. comes over one technique from Carolina. A little bit worried about uh, there being a precedence with Star there. So uh, hopefully Daquan Jones can... Uh, can right the wrongs, I guess, if you will. That's what I'm thinking too. It's it's on it's on Eric Washington. Where Eric Washington's on notice with this whole thing. Like it really is. Which is is that a good it, thing? Well, that's the thing, is we're about to find out. Now <laughs> they've really they've really tooled things up to set him up for potential success. Right. He, and obviously, you know, he has input in the situation too. So he said, Yes, I want Daquan in there. So I don't know. He knows he has a vision. Let's see if it turns into success. Probably think yes. I mean, even when I would say the defensive line was like only kind of a success last year, but I mean, mean, you know, enough of a kind of to feel the need to like recharge and retool everything that's on it. But we're still also the number one defense. So who's to complain? They'll figure it out. I think the the goals were clear based on Brandon Bean's press conference in terms of how he wanted to retool this defensive line. And it was twofold. It was fixing the run defense, which is a clear weak point on this team as the guys from last year just weren't cutting it. And that's been a consistent issue during Leslie Frazier's tenure as defense coordinator is the run defense has been uh, a little lackluster, if you will. Uh, And then I think the second goal for Brandon Bean was getting defensive ends. And he mentioned it verbatim that can finish, can finish and Mm -hmm. make sacks. And I don't think that spells well for Jerry Hughes. I don't think that spells well for Mario Addison. That's why they brought Von Miller in. Brandon B mentioned it. It's a guy who can finish and he's a proven commodity when he, when it comes to getting to the quarterback. So, and that's absolutely what they did. And I think it's, it was a point of emphasis this offseason, and I think Brandon Bean just flipped the script. He saw what they've been trying to do hasn't been working with the personnel they had, and it was time for a change. And I think at least on paper, at least in the early goings of offseason, we'll see how it translates to the field. But on paper, it looks like it's, he's successfully hit those two goals I think he set out for. Yeah, I mean, in a big way, he's making big splashes. He's doing big things. Brandon Bean, I would say, also is having a moment right now. He's really getting a lot of attention and really putting himself out there really in the is. spotlight. I would say, and you know, a lot of hype surrounding the reception that he got at the tournament. And I think deservedly so. Like this has been wild. This was an offseason I was dreading in the sense that reality was going to set in that we have a super crazy expensive quarterback and how is that going to reverberate to the rest of the team like this was the start of a de-evolution <laughs> right but well this de-evolution has we're signing von miller so okay now i don't know what to believe now i don't know what world i'm living in well in a fantasy world <laughs> mm-hmm. also brandon bean having a moment killing it on the pat mcafee show this past week i mean oh now i thought you were gonna not... say okay yes well, what did you think i was gonna say well i thought that was gonna be your segue into talking about von miller first time at one bill's drive oh, video we can talk about that too uh, let's get into it what do you want to get into if you Von want Miller? to what, what were you going to say what are you going to talk about with pat mcafee i was just going to say like he was on pat mcafee this past week and i thought he was not only honest and open with his discussion but just seemed like a cool guy that came off a really down-to-earth smart guy and you don't see that with a lot of like high-level front office people in but, the NFL, talking about how he 
would trade himself before he would trade Josh Allen. Talking about how he's like bitter towards the JD McKissick thing. And like we said last week, like screw that guy. It seems like Brandon Bean's taking the same approach. Uh, he said on McAfee, quote, I'm sure I'll get over that real quickly. <laughs> um, so I, I just think he he came off really well. He came off really well in the press conference announcing all the free agents and I think, like you said, Brandon Bean's having a moment. Got the standing ovation at Key Bank during March Madness. Arkansas winning tonight against Gonzaga, a favor for the national championship. The Bean effect is in effect with him and Eric Musselman taking a picture together while Arkansas was here for the first two rounds of the tournament. So Bean, I think you're right, is having a moment, a national moment. I would say so. And what you were talking about with his demeanor on Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee, I think, is striving to have, you know, like the hit break the rules casual show, like a Howard Stern, even though he's not, personality is not really Howard Stern, but like, right. you know what I mean? Like we're sitting on couches, you're slouching. Yeah. It's very casual. Shock, shock stuff, yeah. Yeah, and Bean just thrives in that. But Bean also thrives in a professional situation and dealing with different styles of members of the press. The guy's so versatile. And that's what is impressing me the most about him in this moment. He's the everyman, but for every kind of man. <laughs> that's right. That's a good mm-hmm. point. And the everyman... Guy's got a huge future in politics if he wants it. Oh, yeah. He's really he he's the, really. He could be the mayor of this city. If he ran for mayor, he would win by a landslide. No question. Oh, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. As long as he gets the city. Or he would completely clock. ruin his reputation and vilify himself. One of those two I would think, think so. Happen. I don't think so. I think he can do no okay. wrong right now in the eyes of Bill's fans and uh, people of Buffalo. Well, but if we go on... into draft weekend and Cody Ford is in the starting slot, he will be doing wrong. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. But the everyman, of course, made a big signing last week. Von Miller is a bill. And we got a little inside look of Von Miller's first day at One Bill's Drive, being announced in the media, taking a tour of the facilities. Tony, I'm assuming you watched this video as I did. I don't know how I feel. I feel like Von wasn't really into it. And that scares me a little. And I don't know if that's just me having to learn his personality. And maybe he's just like a quiet demeanor kind of guy. And then a big personality on the field, but quiet off the field kind of thing. It seemed like there was a lot of like, oh, crap, I'm in Buffalo moments (laughs) on his face. Like that was a vibe I'm getting. He came off very well to the media, but just him like touring the facility. And I I don't know, maybe I'm looking way too much into it. And I probably am. And maybe it's just, hey, I've been in this league for 10 11 12 years now and i've seen it all so this is just riding the bike for me it's, no, it's nothing new I, I wanted to see more excitement i guess is where i'm going with this i would say that i did i did not have that view i had more of the view that you said in the latter portion that this guy, he to me he came off as a veteran as a consummate experienced seasoned professional he knows what he cares about he knows the right questions to ask and all ultimately it doesn't matter. He just wants to be like in, you know, his mode. He just wants to like know where it all happens, know where it's all going, knows what he's supposed to be doing. So he can worry about the real things and, and like be used to it instead of instead of worrying too much about all the things he has to do to acclimate himself. And I think that that was backed up by how his demeanor changed when he was filming on his phone. His demeanor changed in the press conference. He knew every situation. He knew how to handle it. He knew the right questions to ask because he's been in this situation before. 
And I think also the one thing that I think was like mildly deflating was when someone in the training center asked him about like pretty nice facilities, huh? And he's like, oh yeah, some of the nicest I've seen, of course. And I'm like, yeah, but like he just came from SoFi Stadium. Like that also is some of the nicest facilities in the NFL. Probably. Not going, yeah, like while a lot of players are coming in and are going to be very impressed, maybe Von Miller is kind of just like used to a higher echelon right now. So that was just kind of like a reality check. But I think that that also contributes to maybe the vibe that you were getting about how he didn't seem that excited. I don't think players like that get excited. I think it's just he's going to work. He just wants yeah. to make sure he knows how it works. Yeah. I appreciated his knowledge base and professionalism and not really being impressed by anything. I mean, he's on his ladder. You know, he's on the back nine right now. He knows. Yeah, it did seem like, it did, he, it did seem like he, he knew what he was doing, playing to Bill's Mafia with those, you know, Instagram reels or whatever he was posting on his phone. He knew like when to pose with his jersey without being asked. Like he knew right. exactly. He's he been knew, there. Like, before. okay, now is like now is photographers, and then I'll turn my smile off, and then I'll play with Jordan Poyer's golf clubs. And right. he knew. He knows what the job is. Yeah. He's like, is this my locker? Is this where the pads go? Like, you don't care about any of this, do you, Vaughn? <laughs> oh, he cares. I did think it was funny as well. Uh, I thought it was funny, and this is another impression I got. It seemed like Bean was very nervous until that ink was on the paper. It seemed like he was kind of fidgety and pacing a little bit before Vaughn signed his contract. God damn it, he better sign this or I'm going to look real bad. That's, like Bean that is your, little... that is 100% your Buffalo insecurity. That is not real. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, that... He didn't seem a little nervous to you that this guy was just, after the McKissick thing, this guy could like just turn around and say like, man, not for me. <laughs> After the McKissick thing, I was a little bit worried. I'm like, oh, geez, now we're going to lose everybody. Yvonne Miller's gone. Everybody's gone. This is right. uh, this is all <laughs> going to be a problem. It's all a conspiracy. It's an inside job. And it's all <laughs> for charity. Uh, screwing the bill. Inside job. <laughs> I was pretty mad about the McKissick thing. And then he was quoted this week as saying, I was a Buffalo. I was a I was a buffalo, and I'm like I feel okay, but does this guy think we're the Buffalo Buffaloes? Like he can't I mean, really the evidence there. is there that he might. <laughs> it really is right. Yeah, wouldn't you say like I was a Bill? I was about to be a Bill. I feel better. You about might, but after, that's not what he's that. thinking. No, I was a Buffalo. <laughs> so yeah, no, but Bob Miller does put pen to paper officially a Bill. Could not be more excited. Glad 40 is available. Sorry, Dion Lacey. Forty's <laughs> not your number this year when we resign you for the one, two, three, twelfth time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super exciting. Uh, I thought he came off well in the media. Again, seemed like a guy who's been through the motions, knows what he's doing. Just I wanted to see a little more excitement, but you're absolutely right. That is the scorned Bills fan in me. Uh <laughs> mm-hmm. in the pessimistic view I have of everything. But it's a reality and I hope it translates on the field. Tony, I would say, well, let's let's say a couple new faces were signed this week. A couple of familiar faces. A couple of familiar faces getting the band back together. Let's That's start with the I'm new saying. faces though. Duke Johnson, Jameson Crowder, and Greg. Mansk. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Offensive lineman. By the way, there's never been a more Greg Mance looking guy than Greg Mance. Like, <laughs> you saw that guy and you're like, that is the perfect That's name Greg Mance. guy. Yeah. Yep. Greg Mance. <laughs> also, if you're an offensive lineman, Tommy Doyle set the bar, set the standard. You sign your contract fully uniformed. 
if you're an offensive lineman. Roger Saffold, I forgot to mention this with Saffold too. Tommy Doyle did it. You, that's the bar that's set. You got a full uniform signing the contract if you're an mm-hmm. offensive lineman from here on out. Any of these three guys, I mean, obviously not Greg Mance because he's Greg Mance, but Duke Johnson <laughs> or Jamison Crowder, <laughs> he's a Greg Mance looking guy. I can't get excited for that. I hope he's good depth. Uh, Duke Johnson, Jamison Crowder, any of these guys excite you? I, I would say I'm excited for Jameson Crowder. I always like James. Interesting. Crowder. Duke Johnson, I think, was a plan B from McKissick. So same type of player. Obviously, again, Brandon Bean had a vision for what he wanted his third down back to be. And Duke Johnson kind of had like a revitalization of his career in Miami last year. So I like the timing we're getting him at. But Jameson Crowder is the one that stands out for me because I've liked him ever since his days in Washington. I liked him even with a piss poor Jets offense for the last couple of years. He was torching the Bills, not last year's game, but I think the previous year opener. Uh, He was destroying the bills i like that signing the most so what are your thoughts about any of these guys well my thoughts really are these are not signings that are altogether that worth being excited about i mean in the form of duke johnson and jameson crowder like duke to williams me, these, these, right not duke williams I'm, I'm going to mispronounce it a bajillion times i'm going to say of the course. wrong duke of yes many many duke preston but had a lot of dukes we have had a weird amount of dukes holding the duke <laughs> yeah. for for uh the bills i would say i'm not that excited to me these are like these are like um you know josh norman type signings veteran in the boot veteran in the room kind of signings we know maybe they're not what they once were but they are names and i would say that my concern with jameson crowder is his injury history but that's to me also a blessing in disguise as someone who really likes isaiah mckenzie (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's only going to then give him give him the chance. So in that sense, I like that. I have this. I like that he gets injured. <laughs> yeah, I like a player. Yeah, I like a player who gets injured often. I would say I like the Jameson Crowder scene. I have this vision of Jameson Crowder, the stereotype that I developed in my mind. And I don't know if it is even able to be backed up. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but in my mind, he has a lot of drops in my mind. And maybe I'm just kind of thinking, you know, maybe it's just like one Jets game and I just envision him dropping a ball or two. And that's like where it was created from. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, we just signed early Josh Reed basically with this. Wow. So that is a comparison. That is a comparison. <laughs> but I would say I... that, you know, if we can keep him healthy, if he can return to form when he left Washington, when he was like, like insanely hyped up as someone who's going to have a big payday and free agency, then it's going to go well. I'm not going to complain about having talent on the team, uh, especially if he stays healthy and stays a contributor. But now it's really just on Ken Dorsey. Yes, that's exactly what I'm, the name I'm trying to think of. Not Duke <laughs> Williams, but Ken Dorsey uh, to you know, balance this thing out right and to utilize the weapons that we have. But really, he's just he's a Sean McDermott guy. Like he's just solid, solid player. Not going to mess up that much. They're happy to have him. But it's a little bit deflating because I still am hoping for a pretty highly drafted receiver. And I still kind of anticipate a pretty highly drafted receiver. Ideally, someone with some super speed and super talent. That's what I'm looking for. And that's not Jamison Crowder, but, you know, no, it's, it's nice to have some depth. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a guy he's who's, like situational. I said, yeah, I think it's, that's the most important but, thing. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. The the versatility that these two guys, they might not be impactful holistically in the offensive scheme of things, but I think these two signings are very good role players who give Dorsey all the tools that he needs to mold his offense how he envisions it. They can run 
screens for Duke Johnson. They can run McKenzie on crossing routes. They can run Crowder on short slants and soft zone stuff. And they can run two tight end sets now with OJ Howard. We're just giving Dorsey all the weapons all the tools in the toolbox all the tools in the toolbox for him to to formulate his offense and make it a success which i have no doubt it will be with josh at the helm out obviously Mm -hmm. but jameson crowder is a guy who has produced on those very poor offensively challenged jets teams these past couple years 2019 he had over 70 catches with Sam Darnold and Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon throwing him the ball. So that's impressive in its own right. Uh, 50 plus catches last year with Mike White and Zach Wilson. I mean, he's never had a good quarterback in New York. Oh, man. Been, I forgot about Mike White. <laughs> I can never forget about Mike White because he helped me win my survivor pool last year. So. Oh, okay. Shout out to Mike White. Shout out Mike White. Our favorite White of them all. Touchy yeah. subject. <laughs> I would say my favorite white is Mr. White from That Thing You Do. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna just go Tredavious White. Simple answer as always, but that thing you do is a great Too movie, obvious. So I don't I don't blame you. This is the witty not funny sports podcast, not the low hanging fruit podcast. That's next week. Yeah. Witty also, not funny guys presents are... low hanging fruit, the podcast. <laughs> it's just like 10 minutes of just the most obvious subjects and discussion about those obvious subjects. Right. But these guys. I feel low risk, high reward, signed to vet minimums, Crowder one year, 2 million, Duke Williams or Duke Johnson. See, you made me do it now. Duke Johnson one year, 1.2 million. So not breaking the bank in any way, shape or form. So yeah, those are the new faces. But Tony, let's get to some familiar faces. Matt Barkley. And we briefly touched on it last week, but let's talk about it a little more in depth. Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson all back in the fold. They're getting the and Taiwan people. Jones. And oh, I know, but I don't like Taiwan Jones, so I don't want to find you. <laughs> well, I do like Taiwan Jones. I care about special teams. You're so ignorant. I know, I know. I'm just hoping we score a touchdown every drive, and special teams is just like this mute point. But okay, we'll include Taiwan Jones. In include him. He's on the 53. Get him in here. He's a Matt Barkley, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, and Taiwan Jones, I guess. But <laughs> I th- I like again that minimum deals. I like that we're bringing guys who and Bean spoke about this at his press conference as well. Guys who want to be here when he's talking about Cole Beasley and stars, maybe guys who needed a change of scenery, who maybe they're mind wasn't fully in the organization due to the COVID issues and they're off the field, whatever's going on off the field with those guys. Now we're getting back Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Matt Barkley, the glory years of the, no, I'm kidding, of the McDermott era. (laughs) But guys who really ingrained themselves into the culture of Buffalo when they were here, I thought, obviously when they left the financials didn't work out in their favor, but now they're back. And it seems like, and maybe this is just dialogue they were giving to the media and bullet points for the media to write their articles with, but it seems like these guys wanted to be here because they miss Buffalo. Like Shaq Lawson talked about how he's never had a good wing since he left Buffalo and Jordan Phillips Mm -hmm. was recruiting Shaq Lawson and Josh talking to Josh Allen on the golf course or whatever. Sir, no, that was Von Miller. See, I'm getting them all mixed up now. Josh Allen was recruiting Von Miller on the golf course, but we talked about like with McKenzie last week, a loyalty factor and a guy guys who want to be here and it seems like Barkley, Lawson and Phillips definitely guys who wanted to be with this organization because they see really good things even better things I should say from when they left with Barkley coming back it shows to me that we were right to be worried about the QB room 
in the sense that we're measuring the QB room on Josh's happiness personally, basically. That's what you it's know? all about. And that we were yeah. right. And then we were worried about Josh, like all of Josh's friends are gone. And now he's just in there alone, all lonely. And he'll have to make new friends, whoever comes in. Well, now it's a familiar face. Now it's his old buddy. We know that that friendship, that whole dynamic works. So that's great. Case Keenum, another person who I think is in sort of like that mindset of he's a veteran, he's 34, he's he knows what's going on, but he's seemingly a nice, personable guy. So it seems like he's going to be a good fit in that room too. So I'm excited to have him. And it's just good that I think it's a, it's a dynamic that I know is satisfying the situation because yeah. of what we already know about the relationship of Josh and Matt Barkley. So I'm happy. I'm definitely happy to have Matt Barkley back in it. Makes it and it makes it seem like okay. Now we don't have to be worried about the QB room anymore. Um, yeah, I, and I think the trade for Case Keenum was really good. Only giving up a seventh round pick. Obviously, the dysfunction in Cleveland is going on with their QB mm-hmm. situation. The, the Brandon being pounced on that for nothing. I mean, the seventh round pick doesn't really wasn't making the team anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's it's highly mm-hmm. unlikely that he makes the team one alone makes an impact but and now you get a guy in case keenum who's has playoff experience of course you have to go back to that last second touchdown at digs mm-hmm. in the playoffs a couple of years ago uh, with the vikings he's, he's a guy that's been in offensive systems that have been successful with kevin stefanski last year went 2-0 with the browns when he had to come in for baker so undefeated last year just saying so good pick up there brandon Bean in case keenum but again a veteran presence and a guy who i think can come in if if need be and, and win some games. So I really like the trade. You know, the QB room is now full and Matt Barkley's back. Back with his buddy Josh Allen. The Hibachi boys are back. Get pumped for that. Love the Hibachi boys. So hopefully we get pumped round for the Hibachi boys. Love the Hibachi boys. Now the Hibachi Go Josh, boys. Josh Allen, is- Matt, Matt Barkley, some onion towers, some fire, some smiley face, sake on the grill. It's all gravy, Tony. I love it. See, I think the Hibachi Boys sounds like a Japanese young adult novel series of detectives. Are you saying we the should Hibachi develop Boys? This Hibachi Boys searching for. I'm I'm saying it's the first witty, not funny miniseries that's gonna hit the <laughs> hit the listeners and hit them hard. It's the Hibachi Boys. What was that like? Uh, who are the brothers? The detective brothers. The books we read growing up. Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys. Yeah. <laughs> this could yeah, be a spinoff of the Hardy, Hardy Boys. Boys. The Hibachi <laughs> yeah. Brothers. Right. Yes, the Japanese Hardy Boys. That's right. I was thinking the South Park That's Hardly the... Boys. Oh, okay. I don't watch enough South Park to know what you're talking about. It was a spoof of the the Hardy Boys. Well, I picked that up, man. Yeah, yeah. I I, I knew you would. I couldn't first. Uh, <laughs> full that was not so. a mystery that needed to be conquered by the Hibachi <laughs> Brothers. The Hibachi Brothers. Josh. Has oh, the Hibachi Boys. Room. Yeah, the Hibachi Boys. It's all it's all good. I, as long as Josh is happy, I'm happy, and I think you are as well. I would say that's my measure of uh, yeah, that's my measure of satisfaction with life. Josh is happy. Uh, Tony's happy. Yeah, I think that's a good the good bar to set. Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, you glad to see them back. I know we briefly mentioned it last week, but again, guys who left for financial reasons, got a, a good payday on other teams, did not find success in those other situations. But when they were here, very good. Uh, 2019, Jordan Phillips had nine and a half sacks, which was second among de- defense tackles, 13 tackles for losses. In comparison, when his two years with the Cardinals, he played in just nine games, which maybe the injuries are catching up with him now. But he only totaled five sacks and four tackles for losses in two years. So again, a, a guy who seemingly wanted to be 
here. He claims he watched every Bills game the past two years. He keeps mm-hmm. in touch with As a all fan. the guys constantly. Yeah, he's a fan. But I liked what he said. Can hang out and start a Bills fan podcast together. Well, we don't want any rivals or competition in our podcast. Don't mm-hmm. But I did like what Jordan Phillips said in his reintroductory press conference. I don't know how it works, but in his press yeah. conference when he was signed, talking about how even though he left, it still kept in touch with the guys, close-knit group. And when he was with the Bills during his first run, he said it was the first time he really felt like it was more than a football team and it was more like a family. So I think that's Mm -hmm. the culture we obviously know the McBean dream team is going for with the process and everything is this isn't just a football team. It's a family kind of vibe. So it seems like Shaq Loss and Jordan Phillips are resonating that message uh, in coming back to the Bills. How do you feel about it? I think it's great. You know, as I said last week, the thing that resonates with me is about when Jordan Phillips signed and he spoke and he had his message for Shaq Lawson, Shaq signed the contract. Like, as though to say, Shaq, are you crazy? Like, why are you dawdling? Like, we're, we're going home. We finally have the chance to go home. We once were lost and now are found. Let's just go home yeah. and we can go home together. And so it, it's a testament to their, yeah, it's a, it's a testament to their friendship. It's a testament to what the bills mean to them. And I think that's kind of the hope of the Buffalo psyche is that like, that's what we want the bills to be. And they are, and it's cool. And that's why we like them. I think it's also a testament to how the organization is now viewed throughout the league. So um, yeah, what once was kind of the, the doldrums of the NFL, an organization that players did not seek out or did not want to play for is now the exact opposite. Um, so again, just it speaks to what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have put together here in their past five years. So I like to see, uh, I like to see it. I think with now Phillips and Lawson in the mix, I think this defensive line being completely retooled, I'm very excited to see what the finished product is going to be. So I, I'm I'm all for this. If Jordan Phillips is your fourth defensive tackle and he can mm. give you 75% of what he gave you that 2019 season when which I think it's safe to say was his best season, then that's that's really good value to me. Absolutely. And the rotation is so much stronger now. And like I have so much more confidence He's in the like- rotation. Cause even when we would be in the rotation, it's like Oh, stars out there. Okay. Like, this is like <laughs> rotating in, but it's like, eh, this might not be great. Or like, this is, you know, a necessary evil in it. Or even when Vernon Butler was out there more so. Right. It's like, okay, like here's, here's one of these snaps that's a necessary evil of the rotation. I feel like I'm at, at the, at the Brazilian steakhouse. Oh yeah. Oh, this steak is up next. Oh, this beef is up next. Oh, you're telling me this sirloin's up next? I, I want the rotation always because I'm always going to be looking for the next one because like I'm excited about all the players in the rotation. You're not flipping your card from green to red. You're staying green the whole time. I am staying green until the numbers on the scoreboard are zero, 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 zero. Give me the meats. Keep them coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rotate them in. Um, Absolutely. And his name is Jordan Davis. <laughs> oh wow, that would be that'd be amazing actually. That's, you want to really, you want to really, yeah. You want to really hype up the rotation. Drop that <laughs> really, on us. You really want to shut down the brazilian steakhouse you go get jordan Phillips. yeah you or jordan davis saying, yeah jordan davis yeah. uh-huh <laughs> so we look at all these guys that have been signed free agency guys that have been brought back guys that are departing tony wrapping up our bills talk this week the roster is pretty full and we have the draft coming up in a month and that'll fill a, a lot of a lot of needs i hope but we kind of know what this roster is shaping up to look like now what is the one thing that sticks out to you in terms of still a major need 
on this roster for the Bills? Oh, I mean, I think it's staring us in the face. It's got to be cornerback. The CB situation is, is CB, crappy and bad. I mean, we are looking at... CB is the, CB. I, yeah, CB is CB. We are looking at a world where Saran Neal is going to be starting games on purpose. And we got we to gotta <laughs> clean this thing up. Like, the depth was bad last year, and now it's really bad. So I look forward to drafting many, signing many, figuring that out. If I have to choose one, I have three major concerns, but if I have to choose one, it's got to be cornerback. Yeah, I think it sticks out like a sore thumb. Very, Mm -hmm. very thin at cornerback. Losing Levi Wallace to the Steelers this offseason. Tredavious White, of course, his ACL injury probably won't be back till Thanksgiving, if we're lucky Mm -hmm. at this rate. So Dane Jackson played well when he spelled Trey White last year in a number two role. So obviously Dane Jackson's back, but really it's only... Dane Jackson and Cam Lewis, who has had very limited time in terms of, of game action. I've, I like Cam Lewis. I've liked him every time he's been out there. But if you thrust him into a starting role and having to cover uh, Tyreek Hill twice a year now, uh, Tyreek Hill's in mm-hmm. Miami. That that's a little scary. So Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, and then you're looking at a bunch of undrafted guys from last year, Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffin. So it's extremely thin, extremely inexperienced. I think they gotta like that's gotta be where they go in the draft. Mm-hmm. It's a huge priority. It's a huge priority, and it and sounds we're like on it working out right, which is you, the bet when it comes to every draft pick. You do hope it works out the best it well, can. No, um, I, I don't mean I don't mean the player. I mean oh. the way the draft board falls. Oh yeah. I mean I, I don't want to get to you know I don't want to get to twenty five and then all of a sudden you know there was a run on corners at the beginning and now we're hosed. Right. So mm. a little concerning. They sounds like Brandon Bean. I mean, he's quoted as saying, I don't think he's ever done, but he's quoted as saying pretty much done with free agency. And it seems like they're focusing on the draft now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they bring in that veteran corner. I don't know if they bring in that Kevin Johnson or Josh Norman or whoever. So it, it may be the priority in the draft. We'll see. But yes, it's cornerback and not only CB1, but CB2 and mm-hmm. trickling down to every CB position is quite concerning because that position is currently extremely thin for the bills. Tony, that's all I have for bills news. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap it up here? No, (laughs) very decisive. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it for bills news this week. We will be back after a word for our sponsor, giving you some parting gifts. Oh yeah. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold. Thanks to traveling growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a traveling growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. And we are back, Tony, wrapping up the episode. Let's send the listeners off, send Witty Nation off with a parting gift. Of course, we're the self-proclaimed number one podcast in sports, but also in entertainment. So, Tony, let's give them something they can take into the weekend that is outside of sports. Of course, you got March Madness going on and whatever, Sabres, Hot Streak, and whatever free agent. Sports are around, and they're pretty prevalent right now, but let's give them something outside of sports. Tony, what is your parting gift for the listeners? I mean, if you're looking for escapism, if you're looking to have a binge, have a bingeable show that is going to just melt your mind, um, I recommend Severance. A new show on Apple TV. Ooh. It was heavily touted because it's being made by Ben Stiller, but it is a, a hard drama. 
Yeah, Adam Scott is, has a lot. Adam Scott's in it. Yeah. Adam Scott is your lead. Yep. John Totoro is in the mix. Ooh. It's super good. Everyone should watch it. It's super good. What's it about? Matt, it is about Without the work, <laughs> the work of a company that has developed a severance procedure, which not severance like a severance package, but it severs your the memories of your home life and your work life. So when you come to work, you don't remember what's happening at home. And when you go home, you don't remember what happened to work. Sounds interesting. It's very interesting about the effects of that sort of sociologically and how the company yeah. becomes a microcosm because the company is these people's whole world. They don't know anything right. outside of their office. So except for that something exists that they don't know about. So it really is the effects of that sociological, you know, environment that I guess mm-hmm. they're they're in and, and all the and how that reverberates to their personalities, to the culture, to the geography. It's oh, why interesting. You know what's crazy to me is Adam Scott, Ben Stiller produced it, created it, directs whatever. John Turturro, also pretty funny guy. Lebowski. Yeah, a veteran. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Deeds. And the plot. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. And the plot you just described, it sounds like it would make a perfect comedy show. <laughs> I know. It, you you might think maybe that's how it started, but it is. No one's laughed. There's there's not very many laughs to be had in this thing, but it's super good. Sounds 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 good. Uh, all right. That is Severance mm-hmm. on Apple TV. Check it out. Uh, it Tony, is. I'm going to the music world. I'm going with a rapper I discovered through our friends group. Mm. A guy by the name of 645AR. Tony, I gave you a little sample. I'll put a little sample for the listeners here. I don't know how to describe 645AR. When you first pull up a song, the beat is hard. It's very street. It's very like, feels like hardcore rap, like Wu-Tang-esque. And then he starts rapping and he sounds like a chipmunk. <laughs> and you can't understand a word he's saying. Um, if you watch a video of 645AR on YouTube and try to pull up the captions, the captions aren't even available because the captions don't even know what he's saying. His voice is so high-pitched, so chipmunky is really the only way to describe it, that you have no idea what this man is saying. So it is one of the funnier things. It's so ludicrous and ridiculous that it seems like a parody of like rappers like this guy can't be serious like he is a like the the little is little dicky even like a and dave is that like a parody of of rappers because he's like a legit rapper. he's a real rapper yeah yeah he's legit like i guess like the weird al of rapping i i don't like it just seems like a weird al when you hear this guy rap (laughs) who's who does parodies of things so I are you, they doing uh, parodies? I, it it feels like it. It feels like uh, this is to make a joke of the rap game. Like I don't I don't know. I gave you a, a listen to it before we recorded here. It was wild. Uh, it is wild. It's very funny. Again, the beat comes hard. You think it's going to be something. And then the man is just inaudible, like not understanding anything. Like just it's it's hilarious. And I hope, like I said, I'll put in a sample for the listeners. It, it's great. Tony, uh, are you a 645 AR fan now that I've introduced you to him? I am their newest fan. I am their biggest fan. <laughs> Tony's going to buy every album they have ever made. Every I'm going to get a custom Bills jersey. That says 
645 AR. A, well it'll be the number 645 and the nameplate will say ar that i i think that'd be legit i think it's probably one of the better custom jerseys i've seen some mm-hmm. i've seen some doozy <laughs> of course we'll have to draft that we should sometime. do that we should do like yeah like top custom yeah. jerseys top we've seen around jersey yeah uh, that's what I mean. so yeah, those are course. yes those are our parting gifts for the listeners check them out Let's wrap it up, though, Tony. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozies starting at just $5. Koozies for bottles, cans, koozies for growlers, and all cool designs, holiday designs, festive designs, just cool artistic designs. www.travelinggrowler. Check it out. Where to find the, oh, no, T-shirt store first. T-shirt store, T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all in word. Support the podcast. T-shirts, just $20. We have hoodies. We have tanks. We have long sleeve. We have non-hooded sweatshirts. What are those called? Just sweatshirts, I guess. It's late. I don't know. My mind is wandering. Let's support the podcast. T-E Spring Duck. Search Witty Not Funny. All one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Dropping every Sunday. Subscribe. Follow. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free by also searching Witty Not Funny. All one word. Also on YouTube now on the Built-in Buffalo YouTube page. Over 300 views. Our last video, which is our first YouTube video. So thank you to everyone who checked us out on YouTube last week's episode appreciate that we always like to say around here whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it so if you're a first time listener thank you for checking us out hope you enjoyed it stick around more to come better things to come in the following weeks but built in buffalo podcast network is the main spot at built in buffalo underscore uh tony twitter handle where can the listeners find you at t-o-n-y-j-a-m-b-r-o-s-e that's at tony j ambrose in twitter jambrose on twitter you find the podcast at witty sports 716 on twitter on instagram facebook page as well witty not funny sports check us out follow us everywhere subscribe like appreciate all the support all we have is a send off with listeners tony what do you have this week what wise words can you pass along Ooh, wisdom you know just live your life on the dance floor like the fire's burning because that shorty's fire burning. Sings, the who sings it's that a throwback song? to the song. It's a good um, callback. Who, who sings Kingston. the song? It is Sean, Sean Kingston. Kingston right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Sean Kingston. That is right. Good call. Good callback. <laughs> and as I always say, yeah. stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.